My name is Jeff, and I'm the pastor of our Sandals Church online community. Whether this is your first time or you are a weekly attender, we are so glad that you're here. If you're new, please let us know in the comments, or you can go to sandalschurch.com next, and we would love to connect with you. Friends, there is so much happening in our world right now, in our nation, and I'm sure even possibly in your own home. I want to read to you a passage from Matthew 9 where Jesus reminds us who we are supposed to be. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I want us to remember that God has called you, us, those who are followers of Jesus, children of God, to be peacemakers. That could be in your home, in your school, on your team, in your church, in your country, in this nation. Let me pray for you and let me pray for our time today. Father, thank you so much for this moment right here and right now. Thank you that we are all gathered together in this place. Thank you for the opportunity for us to to sing to you, to hear a message, and then to hopefully go out and change our world. Father, I just wanna thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be peacemakers. That is what you've called us to be. And some of these individuals listening and watching today need peace in their lives. I pray that I pray that our spirits, our hearts, our minds, our ears would be ready to hear and receive whatever it is that you would have us to receive and hear today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's sing to the Lord together. Hey church, we're going to worship our great and mighty God today. And wherever you're at, we want you to join in with us. So let's lift our voice and sing to him. Come on. You see my victory When all I see Nothing can stand against 
to the Lord. Whatever battle you're going through, it belongs to God. Thanks so much for singing with us today. If you have young kids, we have a Sandals Church Kids Service, which my kids absolutely love. That's just for them. Parents, right now you can help your kids find this by going to kids.sandalschurch.tv and have them enjoy that service just for them. We are in our second part of our new series, Win in Rome, which is all about following Christ in a culture that doesn't. Make sure you download our Sandals Church app so that you can be going through our We All Need God Bible reading plan that goes right along with our series, Win in Rome. There is no one else I would rather have bringing the message today than our very own lead pastor, Matt Brown. Hey, Sandals Church, welcome to 2021, man. Feels like a lot like 2020. I'm praying for you guys. I want to encourage you, man. Get off the news, get in the Word of God, and join us for this study, this 24-week study, When in Rome. And the whole idea about that, this series is when in Rome, right? The saying is, when in Rome, act like a Roman. And the problem is, as Christians, this letter is written to people who live in Rome, and they are called not to live like Romans, but they are called to live like Christians. And so for 24 weeks, I'm gonna unpack for you from the book of Romans, how to live for Christ in a culture that doesn't. It doesn't matter what your neighbor does, what your neighbor thinks, what your boss does, what your boss thinks. What matters is what God wants you to do and what he thinks about your life. And so the apostle Paul writes this letter to the church at Rome and he says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because of your faith is being proclaimed in all of the world. For my God is a witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I always mention you in my prayers, asking that, that somehow by God's will, I may know at last, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. The apostle Paul says, for I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. Man, and this is the beautiful thing about community. He says that is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. He says, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far I have been prevented. 
in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. The apostle Paul says, I am under an obligation both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and amen sandals church, to the foolish. Thank God he cared about the foolish because that's how I got in. He said, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Man, here's my prayer for you through this series, that the gospel, that is the good news of Jesus Christ would reach your heart, would change your life, would lift you out of this chaos and usher you into God's peace. Can I just pray for you right now? I know many of you are, are troubled. Many of you are anxious. Many of you are worried. And I just wanna pray God's peace upon you. And I wanna talk today about how to live for Christ in a culture that doesn't because God has a word for you today. Father, I pray for everybody listening. God, I pray for my own soul, my own conscience. God, I pray in the midst of my own anxiety and my own worry. God, I pray for my eyes as they, they look at a country and a world that is so chaotic. God, I pray that you bring your peace upon us today and that you direct us just like you directed the church who lived in a chaotic Roman culture 2000 years ago, where transitions of power, God, were never easy, but often brutal. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that your peace that comforted them would comfort us today. Direct us and lead us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So how do you, how do you live for Christ in a culture that doesn't? That's one of the things that you're gonna need to do as a Christian, is you're gonna quit, you're gonna need to quit looking to the world to guide you. You know, there was a season and there was a time in our country where cultural values were Judeo-Christian values. That's shifting, that's changing. You can no longer just let your, your, your children listen to their teacher. You can no longer just listen to the government officials. But what you have to do is you have to challenge your children. You have to challenge yourself. I'm called to be different. I'm not called to be like them. I'm not called to act like them. I'm not called to think like them. I'm called by Jesus to be different. So how do I live for Christ in a culture that doesn't? Number one, always look for the good that God is doing. Always look for the good. Here's the problem in our culture. There's no good news anymore. You know why? Because it's all bad news. So many of you, every single time, you're like a drug addict and the news media, the news media is your source, right? And they just give you that drug every time. And every time you know you take it, you're gonna feel terrible, you're gonna feel awful, you're gonna feel anxious, but you're addicted. Stop looking to the world for good news. Stop looking for the world for good news because all they're gonna show you is whatever idiot, whatever moron, whatever crazy person is doing the weirdest thing today the weirdest thing tomorrow, and the weirdest thing next year. The media pays no attention to you and to me going about our lives, just living our lives, doing our business, trying to figure out how to, how to survive 2020 and now 2021. They don't care for you, they care for ratings. Stop listening to the news and start listening to the good news. What is it that God is doing? How is it that God is working? What is it that's happening? Where is God at work in your life? Where is God at work in your church's life? Where is God at work in the world? Listen to what Paul says in Romans 1.8. He says, first, I want you to circle that. Print out your notes, circle that. First, Paul says, I thank my God. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. You know what Paul's saying? He says, I thank God for the not crazy people. I thank God for the reasonable people. I thank God for the born again people who act born again. You see, Rome was chaotic. Many of you, for the first time in your life, you're like, oh my gosh, because we've taken for granted the transitions of power are easy. Let me tell you how it went in Rome, okay? If Donald Trump was a Roman emperor, guess what would happen to him in his defeat? He and Claudia and all of their family members, his sons and everybody who worked for him would be executed. Executed. And this happened time after time after time. And it happened over and over again. The loser lost everything. Didn't matter what you did, didn't matter what you'd done, doesn't matter how brave you were. Man, Rome assassinated Julius Caesar, their greatest emperor. He was an incredible leader, did amazing things. And he was stabbed by his own friends in the back. And by who? Shakespeare tells us, right? Both Brutus and Cassius, they too were honorable men and yet stabbed him in the back. 
So the Apostle Paul is writing to the Mecca of the cultural world at this time, and things are chaotic. And oftentimes, just like today, you know what the Roman Empire loved to do? Instead of taking responsibility for their own ineptness, they looked constantly for someone to blame. Their favorite target oftentimes was the Jews, because that's what we love to do, right? We love to blame somebody who's a different color than us. We love to blame somebody who's a different religion than us. We love to blame somebody that's a different uh, political party than us. We need a scapegoat. And so they constantly did this. They, dri- they drove out all the Jews and all the Jews were, were driven out by the Emperor Claudius. And then they came back and guess what? The church had changed because now there's Gentiles in the church. He says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in the world. You know what's being proclaimed in the world? More people are watching church now than ever. More people are turning to God now than ever. More people are searching. More people are looking. I I, I just literally made a post on my Instagram this week explaining what the word amen means. Amen, a simple word, not a controversial word. And people are flocking to that because they're hungry for truth. You see, out of controversy, out of difficulty, God can lead people to Christ. And some of you guys, you're like me. You're drawn too easily into the negative, right? My blood type, oh, negative. You know why? Because I'm always negative. My whole family got COVID. I kept testing, you know, for, for COVID. I'm negative, 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 just like, my, just like me. And I've got to work on being positive. Let me say this to you. A critical spirit is not the Holy Spirit. A negative spirit is not the Holy Spirit. What is God doing? And if God's doing nothing in your life, then that's a you problem. That's a you problem. Look at yourself. Finally, brothers, Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything of excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. It's difficult, right? It's hard. What's good in your life? You're like, nothing. You sound like a teenager. Nothing. Nothing's going right. Man, my family got COVID over the break. My poor son, you know, he's 17. He turned 18. His Christmas was different. His New Year's was different. He missed his whole school break. And his birthday, when he turned 18, didn't go the way that he wanted. And I watched him struggle. I watched him wrestle. And I just kept gently pushing him back because I understand times are tough. And if, and if you're a part of our youth ministries, I get it, times are tough and things feel overwhelming. But I kept asking him what went right today? What was good about today? And I pressed him and pressed him and pressed him. You see, his birthday was a difficult day, but the next day he said, you know, dad, I think it turned out to be one of my favorite birthdays. Listen to these words. It wasn't what I thought I wanted but it turned out to be amazing. Let me ask you, what is good in your life? What's good? What's good? You know, when COVID finally hit our house, I'm like, okay, this is terrible. This is a little scary, but you know what? Thank God we finally got it. We can move on. We can move on. What's good? What's good? My wife lost all taste and smell, right? So we're driving in the car. I took a little liberty. She can't smell. She's like, I can still hear. I'll let you Mind figure out what happened there. But let me tell you something. What's good? What's good in your life? What is God? How has God blessed you? Some of you have missed the blessing of God in 2020. The blessing were the things he took away. The things you would never have given up on your own. And that's gonna turn out to be the greatest blessing you've ever experienced. Focus on the good. What does the media do? What does Hollywood do? All they do is circle in, focus on, and exaggerate the bad. The bad. What is good? What is good? This week was terrible. It was awful. Our nation's capital was invaded. Turns out conservatives have crazies too. Go figure. I've been telling you guys that for a long time. There are nuts on both sides. And we don't always know which sides the nuts are on anyways. They just like to show up and watch things burn. What's the good news? Here's the good news. Congress did their job. I've never been more proud of Mike Pence in the most difficult situation a politician could ever be in. It's good news. It's difficult to lead when your own side is being ridiculous. 
It's difficult. It's challenging. Look for the good news. You're still here. I'm still here. God has placed us here for a reason. The Apostle Paul says, first of all, I thank God for you. And I just want to stop. Because some of you, you can't think of anything positive. You're just completely overwhelmed. And you have bought and, and just, been, just, just sold yourself out to, to the news, to the news conglomeration, left or right. They don't really care about you. They care about ratings. You know what God cares about? You. And I just want to say, for those of you at Sandals Church who gave, who served, who've hung in there with us at Sandals Church this year, I want you to know that I thank God for you. One of the positive things in my life is you. And you can't even see that about yourself. But I thank God for you. I thank God for, you know, so many of you, man, you, you've struggled financially. You've struggled in your marriage. You, you've struggled, you know, with this whole political process and all of this chaos. I thank God for so many of you that continue to remember the church, continue to remember why we're really here. So how do I, how do I live for, for Christ in a culture that doesn't? I look for the good. What is God doing in my life? And if you can't see it, would you stop today and pray and say, God, would you show me? Would you show me the good that you're doing? Would you show me? Number two, I've got to surround myself with people who encourage my faith. Who are the people that are encouraging you to be faithful? I don't know about you, but I got a lot of people in my life that encourage me to make posts. I got a lot of people in my life that encourage me to, to make a stand. Well, what they mean by that is a stand that they agree with. Uh, there's a lot of pressure in our world to be politically woke, to be politically, you know, active. I mean, you've got to very, very quickly, you know, your own personal post that's supposed to be about birthday cakes and, and family vacations and great pictures with your friends. All of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, you're your own personal CNN or Fox News. Who are the people that encourage you in your faith? Hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, I want to challenge you. This is a time when we have to stop. And so many of you, you're being more led by your political persuasion than you are your personal savior. Who are the people in your life that aren't telling you you need to go to Washington? Who are the people in your life that are saying, have you gotten on your knees? Have you prayed about this? Have you prayed about this? Because let me tell you what I've learned about me. Let me share something a little bit about your pastor. My initial emotional reaction is almost never the right reaction. How do I process this? How do I feel about this? Listen to what Paul says in Romans 1, 9 through 12. He says, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, he says, I mention you always in my prayers. Who are those people in your life that pray for you on good days? That pray for you on bad days? That pray for you on your worst day? Who's the Apostle Paul in your life that's praying for you? Look, we've voted, we've marched, we've protested. We live in a broken world. We've done a lot of physical things to bring change. The Apostle Paul is coming to Rome to bring spiritual change. He says, I pray for you without ceasing. I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. He says, I wanna see you. I wanna meet you. One of the things that I, I get to do as your pastor, and I'm so grateful that as a church, you care about missions, you care about the world. And I, I get to go around the world and I get to meet Christians, people all over the world who love Jesus. I love to see what God is doing in other cultures. I love to see what God is doing in other nations. I love to see the same Jesus that I love minister in the hearts of a person that looks nothing like me. It's an incredible thing. He says, I pray that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. He says, listen to this, for I long to see you. I want you to read between the lines here. Paul's a little disappointed that he has to send the letter. Do you know what the apostle Paul wished he could have done? Sat down with the church at Rome and all the churches at Rome and talked to him personally. Thank God the apostle Paul was disappointed. You know why? Because if he did that, we don't have the letter. 
If the apostle Paul doesn't go through disappointment, God never blesses the church for 2000 years with his letter. Sometimes it's the disappointment that really brings us together. He says, for I long to see you. I long to see you. We need to think about, man, we've had church taken away from us. You know, whether you agree with it or you don't agree with it, we haven't been able to, to meet together. We haven't been able to hug with each other. I can't, I can't wait to gather again. The apostle Paul says, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. You know what spiritual community does? It strengthens you. Do you know what isolation in the media does? It destroys you. It destroys you. I don't know about you, but I looked at some of the pictures of the people that stormed our capital. I was like, I don't know that these people are like relationally you know, in tune. One guy looked like Chewbacca. I don't know if you saw him. And I'm just like, these people, you know, who, who are the people that speak truth into their lives? I mean, one guy, one guy had like a buffalo head on his head. I was like, what, what, what's going on here? Who's the person that says, you know what? You're, you're, you're a little out here. You, you've, got, you've gotten a little politically crazy here to the left or to the right. He says, that is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Who's that person in your life that's like, you know what? The way you just spoke to your child, man, you just destroyed him. It's okay to correct him, but you can't destroy him. Who's that person in, in your life that says, you know what? I don't think that you speak to your wife in a way that's honoring. Who's that person in your life that says, you know what? You're incredibly critical and negative about your husband. Who's that person in your life that says, there's more to life than politics. There's this thing called eternal life. I don't know if you're aware of this, but as Christians, we've bet everything that there's something better that's coming. There's something after all this. Who's that person in, in your life that builds you up, that encourages you? And some of you right now, you're saying, I don't have any of those people. And let me tell you something, you have more than you think. One of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Hebrews. Maybe one day we'll do, we'll do a series on Hebrews. But one of my favorite chapters is chapter 11, and it's called the chapter of the faithful. And it talks about people that went through more than you and I could ever imagine. And they did it for God. They were persecuted. They were killed. They were murdered, maimed, imprisoned, starved. They went through all of these horrible things. And do you know why the book of Hebrews says? So that we could have an example. We're never alone. We have God above and we have the church around us, the church for millennia. People that love us and care for us. And then Hebrews 12, one, after it lists all these people who went through all this heartache, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded, listen to me, you're not isolated, you're surrounded as a believer by so great a cloud of witnesses. You ever been in the clouds? You ever been in the fog? One of the things I absolutely hate is when I'm landing in an aircraft and I cannot see the ground. I can't stand it. I hate flying and landing in fog. I hate flying and landing in clouds. It's bumpy, it's scary. I don't like it, right? Like if I were gonna crash, I wanna see it coming, you know, cause I just have issues, pray for me. It says there's a cloud all around us. Here's what Hebrews 12:1 is saying. You should never think you're alone because you're constantly surrounded in every direction that you turn. Every way that you look, there's a believer who's been an example for you. And the book of Revelation says they're praying for us in heaven. You're never alone. He says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run the race let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Some of you say, Pastor Matt, you should be more political. That's not my race. No, I'm grateful for people who run. I'm grateful for people who serve. Man, I, I think you're a little crazy if you actually wanna make a difference because I think it's really hard. And I'm thankful for that. My job 
is not to get to the White House or help somebody get in the White House. My job is to get you in heaven. And that's harder than you think because you're hard-headed. And so many of you, you're worried about everybody else, but God's worried about you. Are you gonna make it? Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the sin that so easily entangles us. What's the sin that's entangling you? For some of you, it's fear. You look at what's happening in DC and you say, that's everyone. That's not everyone. You look at what's happening on the news. That's not everywhere. What is it that you're looking at? What is it that you're seeing? Turn your attention to people who know God and know you, to people who love God and love you. Maybe 2021's the year where you quit attending church and you say, you know what, I'm gonna be a part of the church. Some of you need to join a small group. Some of you need to start a small group. You need to open up your home. You know what the book of Romans is? The book of Romans is a letter written to many house churches all throughout the Roman Empire. Some of them small, some of them large, depending upon the size of the home. Many of you, you come home every day and you say, this is the Lord's house, but you've never used it for the Lord. Maybe this is the year. Okay, we're... More and more people are gonna get vaccinated. Many of us have already gotten sick. What that means is we're, we're right around the corner from getting healthy. That's what it means. So much of our struggle, so much of our isolation, so much of our separation, it's almost in the rearview mirror. It's right there. Maybe this is the year where you realize it is not good for me to be alone. That's why God said it in the first chapter of the Bible. It's not good for you to be alone. The book of Proverbs says, he who isolates himself seeks his own desires. Many of us are at our worst when we're on our own, trapped in our thoughts, trapped in our emotions, coming up with our own sense of reality. Maybe this is the year where you need to surround yourself with people who love you so much that they don't tell you what you want to hear, but they tell you what God knows you need to hear. You and I need to hear. So how to live for Christ in a culture that doesn't. Number three, stay biblically solid, but personally flexible. Personally flexible. You need to know that I, I, I intend to be biblically solid until the day that I die. I will never compromise, never compromise my understanding of the word of God. But you know what? I'm gonna do everything I can to remain culturally relevant to reach as many people as I can for Christ. The Apostle Paul says this in Romans 1, 13 and 14. He says, I do not want you to be unaware. He says, I want you to know, listen, I want you to know, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far I've been prevented. He said, I wanted to come. I've tried to come. I've tried to get there. It just didn't work, right? It's like 2020 over and over again. You got plans. You know, you're gonna get married. You're gonna have a birthday party. You're gonna go on a vacation. Nope, 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 nope. But the apostle Paul, thank God, stays biblically solid, but personally flexible. He said, I wanted to come to you in order that I may reap some harvest among you, as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. He said, I wanna come, but I've been prevented. Paul doesn't tell us what prevented him. Was it God? Was it the devil? Was it the Roman government? Was it some form, of, some form of racism against Jews? What was it? He had been prevented from coming to Rome. We know that he faced racism because Jews had been kicked out of Rome. He doesn't let us know. He just said, I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. But listen to this. He says, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. Paul says, I'm committed to all of you, all of you knuckleheads. I'm committed to you Republicans, you Democrats. I'm committed to you if you're black, I'm committed to you if you're white. The apostle Paul says a word here that's sneaky and we miss out on it because there's 2000 years of relevance between us and him. And the word is barbarians. These are the worst people, the worst of the worst, the absolute bottom of the barrel. 
Right, nowadays we'd call them, you know, Germans or, or, or Gauls or they were the Northern Empire, man. These individuals were difficult and, and they literally were called barbarians because the language that they spoke was just literally like a, like a barbar. That's, that's what the Greeks said, they can't even speak. They're like animals, disgusting and gross, violent. And Rome never would subdue them, but eventually would be subdued by them. These are the same individuals that eventually became Vikings and, and ravaged Ireland and Scotland and England and France. The apostle Paul says, I even care about those guys. Do you know why that is? Because the Lord Jesus Christ said that we must love our enemies as ourselves. And the apostle Paul took that seriously. He was grounded biblically, but he was flexible personally. Man, so many of you guys, man, if things don't go your way, you lose your minds. Tammy and I, when we had COVID, man, we'd been in the house. It, it seemed like a thousand years. Anybody that's gone through that, it's just horrible. It's just awful. You're stuck in your house. You're isolated. You can't go anywhere. And so finally, about 14 days later, I said, we, we need to go out. We need to go out together. And, and, you know, the doctor said we're no longer contagious and we can go out. And it didn't go the way that we wanted. Because when we went out to dinner, Tammy looked at me and she said, I, I just lost my taste and smell. We went and got pizza and we went to the beach, our favorite place, and, and she's just like, oh my gosh. Can't even taste it. And so we were getting ready to pull out of the parking lot and I gotta be honest with you, I, I was zoning a little bit. It was my first day out. You ever not driven a car in a while? It's, just, it's like a weird, like you forget everything. Like, what is this? And so we were, we were at a light and I needed to make a left-hand turn and I was a little late, I was a little slow. And the person behind me, like, I, I don't know if you're a honker. I, I, I'm not, I don't like to honk because I live in the Inland Empire. I know some of you are Orange County now that are listening, but I live in the Inland Empire, and if you honk, you might die out here. So you just gotta, you gotta be careful. Like, if you're, if you're gonna commit, you gotta commit, right? Like, beep, you know, but I, you know, hey, I, I don't wanna be shot. But in Orange County, man, you know, we were in, uh, around Newport, Bay, Newport Beach, and, and, you know, it's a little different there. And so this woman behind us, this blonde hair, just everything that you would think about, you know, Orange County, she just, Rrr! and I about lost my mind. And I just waved and I said, you know, I'm sorry. And she gave me double birds, which means I'm number one twice, you know. And it's like, good God, I, I just delayed your day seven seconds, seven seconds. And she looked at me like I needed to die. Seven seconds. I just had to get out of her way. We, we all have to just chill out a little bit when things don't go our way. James 4, 13 and 15 says this. Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. James says, be very careful about your plans. He says, you do not know what tomorrow will bring, amen? I don't know what it'll bring. I didn't know what yesterday would bring. I didn't know what the day before would bring. I didn't know. Every single day for, for, for two weeks with COVID, I would wake up in the morning and I would go, I would literally, literally like do a self-check. I'm still breathing and I would touch myself every single day because I had no idea how I was going to feel that day. He says, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. And some of you are so upset, so upset. Oh my gosh, the Democrats took it. You don't know, we don't know, nobody knows. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. I mean, we don't know. And so many of you are so upset about what Trump's gonna do. Or, or, or what you think, and you've, you've got this vision into the future. You don't know what you're gonna do tomorrow, much less what someone else is gonna do. He says, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. This is a little insulting here, but sometimes scripture's gotta slap you around a little bit to wake you up. What is your life? What is your life? James says, for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then it vanishes. You know why we're, over, we're all upset? We all have such grandiose senses of self-importance. He said, instead, as a Christian, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Stay biblically grounded, stay biblically solid, but remain personally flexible. You can't even control your life I couldn't control how my body would respond to COVID. I couldn't control how my wife's body can, you know, 
uh, responded to COVID or my daughter or my son. I had no control over any of that. And do you know why that is? My life is in God's hands. Whether I want it or not, there's so much I can't control. What you need to do is just say, okay, Lord, if it's your will, I'm gonna go do this and I'm gonna go do that. And so if it's the Lord's will, maybe next year you'll get a vacation. And if not, it's okay. You've got to remain personally flexible. Because I got news for you. God cares a whole lot more about our obedience than he does our preference. It's funny, I got a little frustrated with God on Christmas Eve, and I'm just gonna confess. It hadn't rained in California for like six months. Six months it hadn't rained. Like if you're not from California, it's like it never rains here. Like we live in the desert. Like it, it, just, it just doesn't rain. And on Christmas Eve, we booked this really cool outdoor venue. It was gonna be awesome. It rained for 90 minutes. 90 minutes in a six month span, 90 minutes and like blew our whole outdoor venue away. We had to send everybody home. And I, I was like, I don't know about you, but I was, I was like, Lord, come on. Lord, God cares more about my obedience than my preference. There are more important things than a Christmas Eve service. You know what's more important than that? Jesus, the safety of our people. I mean, there's just some things you gotta learn to roll. Like if you haven't become flexible in 2020, I don't know how you're gonna do in 2021. Like you gotta learn to roll. Last point, how to live for Jesus in a culture that doesn't is you gotta get excited. You gotta get excited about learning more about God's good news. Do you know what that is? The good news, it's the gospel, it's good news. Romans 1.15 and we're gonna stop here it says, so I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. You know what motivated Paul? You know what got Paul up in the morning? It wasn't his favorite sports team. It wasn't, you know, the Roman Daily Times, who got elected, who was Caesar, who became a senator? How did the senator race go in this province or that province? You know what got the apostle Paul up in the morning? Knowing that he had the best news in the world the only truly good and pure news. And here's why you need to read Romans. Here's what you need to understand. Romans will teach you who the real God is, who the real God is, what your real problem is, and what the only real solution is, and that's Jesus Christ, and that's the good news. It's the good news. And so many of you are excited about everything but the one true source of good news. I know many of you are confounded and upset by this week's events. As I was processing what happened in Washington, what Trump did, what I thought he should have done, what he didn't do, I was reminded of Matthew 26, when Judas brought the police to arrest Jesus. Peter picked up a sword and cut off, says the high priest's servant's ear. Listen to me if you're a Christian. And Jesus said, those who live by the sword die by the sword. Our country is addicted to the sword, to the left, to the right. We are constantly offended by what someone else says or does. The left and the right, and I realize this is controversial, but this is truth. The left and the right are outraged because they feel like they've been unjustly treated. Our only hope is Jesus, who told Peter, put down the sword. Put down the sword. And then he healed the high priest's ear. And I want to challenge you. Put down the sword. What is Jesus teaching us? There's something more important than your own personal sense of injustice. It's the cross. And Jesus told Peter to put down the knife. 
and Jesus went to the cross to die for you. And he died in an unjust court, in an unjust way, under an unjust government called Rome. And he did all of that to justify you for the day that you'll stand before Jesus. Put your sword down. Whether you lean to the left or you lean to the right, and remind yourselves that what saved Rome was never a politician. His name was Jesus. And the only thing that can save America is if we put down our swords on the left and the right and we remember what the good news is and we remember how to share it with our family and our friends. And some of you, you say, well, I'll put my sword down when they put down theirs. The text never tells us that those who arrested Jesus put down their swords. Jesus looked at Peter and he said, you put down yours. Put it down. Let's lower the volume on our outrage. Let's put it down and let's remember as Christians why we're here. We're here to share the good news. And that good news has nothing Nothing to do with an elephant or a donkey, but everything to do with the lamb. I wanna encourage you, put down your sword and say, God, excite me again about the good news. Remind me again why the church is the hope of the world. And you wanna know what's wrong with the church today? It's too political on the left and the right. We've got to be about Jesus and we've got to point people to the truth. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would identify the sword in every listener's hand. I pray you point it out and you command them right now in the name of Jesus to lower it. And then God, I pray that you turn their attention away from bad news, jaded news, fake news, and you turn their attention to the only good news there is, and help us as Christians to be a church and to bring salvation not to Rome, but to a culture, to a country, to a world that does not know your son, Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name, and we pray that our behavior and our attitudes would honor his sacrifice, amen. Man, what a great message that I think we all need to hear right now. Pastor Matt said that maybe this is the year you discover that it is not good for you to be alone. You already discovered that in 2020. When the Christian church started, it began by establishing house churches. They actually gathered in their homes to have church. And then this is actually how their faith grew and their church grew because they were in community and sharing life together. I want you to know that we still believe that for many of you, having church in your home might be what God is calling you to do. If that's you, we would love for you to start a Sandals Church Anywhere. We are launching four more this month around the U.S. and in the U.K. If you would like to become a Sandals Church right where you are, a Sandals Church Anywhere, then go to sandalschurch.com anywhere. This will be the catalyst for your faith this year by being in community, and by being the church. We want you to know that Sandals Church ended 2020 strong. We reached more people than ever before with our online Christmas Eve service. We had over 10,000 individuals and families impacted by the hope and the light of Jesus on Christmas Eve. That was possible because of your giving and your supporting the amazing work that God has entrusted all of us to do. Thank you so much for giving and thank you for continuing to give. If you would like to support this life-changing mission, you can give on our Sandals Church app or you can go to give.sc. As we take time now to sing again, I hope that you will sing with us and allow God to help guide you with whatever next steps that you need to take today.
This song is all about the good news, remembering what Jesus did on the cross and what he accomplished through the grave. So I want you to just lift your voices with ours and let's worship him in this moment.
Jesus reigns. That's good news. I hope that brings comfort and joy to your heart in the middle of so much chaos. I read something this week and it feels so timely. It said, Jesus offers joy in this life and perfection in the next. And sometimes I think we struggle so deeply because we want perfection now. And yet Jesus said, no, that's what's to come. So here's what he's asking us to do. He's asking us to persevere right now through the imperfections of life. And that feels so incredibly challenging. That feels so hard and sometimes overwhelming, impossible even. But he gives us, he gives us the key on how to do it. He says, run this race with endurance. And this is what he says, fix your eyes, fasten your gaze on Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Each of us is battling our own thing. Each of us know what struggle is in front of us or what valley we're in. And yet Jesus right now, wherever you are, he's telling you, I know all about that. I know how hard it is. I know how much you're struggling. It's far from perfect where you are, but fix your eyes on me and I can give you joy right now. So I wanna give you a moment right now, just you and Jesus, whatever that thing is that's coming to mind, whatever struggle, situation, relationship, maybe it's a matter of healing. I want you to put that before him. I want you to block everything else out. And as I sing these words over you, I just want you to fix your eyes. I want you to turn your eyes upon Jesus.
encourage you wherever you're at that God is greater than anything that we can go through as we worship today lift up your hands and let him have his way would you sing with us you give life you are love you bring light to the darkness you give hope you 
proclaim this right now. All the earth, sing it out. Hands all. Great is the Lord. Thank you so much for singing with us and thank you so much for being here. My prayer is that you not just be watchers of what you experience today, but you would live that out, that you would take what you learned today, what you saw today, what you sung today, and you would live that out this week, that you would live out Christ in the culture that doesn't. We'll see you next week.